0: The Characters of Christmas podcast with Dan Darling is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com.
1: Welcome back to this special series of podcasts called The Characters of Christmas. I'm Dan Darling, author, pastor, and speaker And uh, I'm delighted to share with you today some reflections on one of my favorite characters in the Christmas story. One whose story kind of goes unnoticed a lot. And that is Joseph. When I think about Joseph, I first think back a little bit to when I was standing at the altar about to be married to my wife, Angela. And, you know, I'm 24 years old. I don't I don't know what the future looks like. All that I know is that it looks bright because I'm marrying this beautiful woman uh, that I love. Joseph, this is where we find him. He is engaged to be married. He's betrothed. He's sort of in between engagement and marriage. He's got his whole life ahead of him. He's a carpenter. uh, Not real wealthy. Not real connected. Kind of in a backwater town uh, there in Uh, Nazareth but this is where uh, we find him he's got his whole life ahead of him Uh, and then he has a really bad day now we have the hindsight of 2000 years of the Christmas story and we have our advent readings and we know how the story ends up and we know what God is doing in sending Jesus to to the earth but Joseph didn't have that Joseph just one day got the bad news. His fiance, Mary, the one whom he had trusted, is pregnant.
0: Hey listeners, if you're a parent, then we've got a show for you. We know that parenting is not for the faint at heart. It can be hard to connect with your child throughout the many stages of their life. That's why Robrina Reddle, host of Mama Take Heart, is back this fall. Wife, mom, writer, podcast host, coffee lover, and military veteran, Robrina has a passion to help you be an influential voice in your daughter's life. In this show, she gives listeners the tools they need to love and lead well in their child's formative years. Whether you're looking for ways to intentionally connect or to have hard conversations, you can find the Mama Take Heart podcast on lifeaudio.com or in your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode.
1: Now let's talk about this a little bit. It's funny that Matthew in describing this is very understated and says when it was discovered. And I'm just curious how that conversation happened. Of course, Mary had already had a visit by the angel. She'd already said yes. She already wrote a song about it. But Joseph wasn't part of any of that. All he knows is she comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. Uh, And the conception was from the Holy Spirit. Now, you and I know, as we read the scriptures, what that means. This is the Immaculate Conception. This is the virgin birth of Jesus. This is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. But in this moment, when the shock of his situation hit him, Joseph couldn't see ahead, I don't think, what God was doing in the world through his seemingly inconsequential life. Think about this. This child inside his fiance may be the son of God. This child may be the true and better David. This child may save people from their sins and renew and restore the world. But for Joseph, this was his worst nightmare. The breaking of a betrothal like this was considered worse than breaking a business contract undoubtedly he felt betrayed he felt alone he felt stuck just just put yourself in his sandals if you will he hadn't seen any angels he was just faithfully living his life working as a carpenter doing his best to build a life for his future family he trusted Mary to be faithful and devout and had pledged his life to her and yet it seemed like she had betrayed him uh, Matthew says in Matthew one twenty again, very understated that Joseph considered these things. He considered these things and he had some serious thinking to do. When we read the gospels, we don't know that the whole timeline, we don't know how long God waited between Gabriel's visit to Mary and then the angelic visit to Joseph. Was it, I don't know, was it weeks? Was it days? How many sleepless nights did Joseph have tossing and turning, trying to figure out what am I going to do? And he really only had two choices. Uh, In those days, if a betrothed bride were to found to have committed adultery, there were two options. Um, The plan that most men would have done, would have taken, the one that everyone in that community would have encouraged him to do and applauded, would have been the, the action that good, faithful, righteous people would have encouraged Joseph to do was that he could publicly shame her by bringing her before the religious authorities, which could result in the forfeiture of the dowry he paid to her father. And she could possibly, although rarely, but there's a chance that she could be put to death by by stoning. Consider the woman caught in adultery in John 8, whom Jesus rescues from public execution. Uh, The Jewish authorities had limited power to to do these things from the romans that was plan a plan b would be to divorce her privately this would require him to kind of send her away and if he did this he'd still endure embarrassment in his community he would face questions from his peers and family for what what went wrong but he'd also be obeying his conscience and doing what's best for mary um This is one of those things where there's, there is no good decision. There's no good choice. You ever have a moment where you have to decide between two bad options? One of the things that is really telling is that Matthew in, in the first part of Matthew, as he narrates this, this story, Matthew tells us that Joseph was righteous and it tells us he was righteous before. He was told of Jesus' supernatural birth. He was righteous before the angel came and told him. And the Bible said he was going to put her away privately. He was going to take the second option. And he was doing that because he was righteous. He was committed to following the law, divorcing an unfaithful spouse, and doing it in the most selfless, compassionate way. He put Mary's needs and Mary's desires and Mary's dreams and Mary's welfare ahead of his own and i think this is so commendable about joseph i think we need to stop and really think about this that even in what seems like a footnote to the christmas story a part of the the story that we just sort of pass over as we're getting to the angels in the field and the wise men and the shepherds that joseph didn't make a decision out of immediate anger he wasn't irrational and unstable For someone who had his life just turned upside down, he demonstrated remarkable grace and poise. He assessed the situation and seeing the humanity of Mary made the choice that would be best for her. Joseph wasn't saying, hey man, I have a right to to have a new life. I have a right to look at my life. No, he put everyone else's welfare ahead of his. This is an ongoing theme in his life, by the way. Of course, we know the reason that he didn't divorce Mary privately is because he had a visit from... The angel as well, and it's interesting how the angel addresses Joseph. He says, "Joseph, son of David." That's the first thing he says to him. Now, this is significant for a couple of reasons. First, it's significant because God didn't just pick any or first-century Jewish man to steward the life of His son. God didn't just randomly pick some couple. Uh, this was the plan of God from the foundation of the world. God picked a faithful son of David. The only other person in the New Testament to be referred to as a son of David is Jesus. You see, this title came with authority, reminding Joseph of his royal lineage. This is also Matthew, when Matthew includes this quote from the angel telling us, telling those of us who read this 2,000 years later, that Jesus was a rightful son of David uh, something that Paul affirmed later in Romans, Romans 1 3, when he says that Jesus is a son of David according to the flesh. You see, the angel assured Joseph that the baby in Mary's womb was not the fruit of sin but was conceived miraculously by the Holy Spirit. She had been chosen by God as the mother of Jesus. We don't know how this made Joseph feel. We don't know if we recalled the scriptures read in the temple and the words of the prophet that described the future Messiah coming from a young virgin uh, in Isaiah 7. But just in case, the angel reminded him of the scripture. And perhaps, and I, and I trust, that in that moment, this reality overwhelmed Joseph. That... The fullness of time, the, the exact right moment that Paul says in Galatians 4 had arrived. The Think about this for a moment. The march of salvation history, the fulfillment of prophecy, the long-awaited promise was on his doorstep and in his life. What a holy moment this must have been for this humble carpenter. What a time to celebrate with holy awe and kneel in humble adoration. And... I think it should cause us to stop and worship as well. This is why we slow down in December and feel the anticipation of Old Testament saints as they awaited Jesus' first advent. And this reminds us Ultimately, of God's great faithfulness to his promise. Those words spoken by Isaiah and other prophets were not just inspirational tidings to put on holiday cards and Christmas ornaments. They were a continuation of God's promise to send a redeemer, an Emmanuel, a a God-man to live among us and, to quote the angel, to save his people from their sins. Again, this is why Matthew opens with such a bold claim that the son of a carpenter from Nazareth was no ordinary man, but was a king in the line of David, a fulfillment of God's promise. Jesus had to be virgin born and that he had to be free of the inherited curse of sin. As the new Adam, Jesus would fulfill what the first Adam could not do. What's more, he'd defeat the sin and death that so corrupts the human race. So Matthew tells us in the angel's words to Joseph that Jesus had come as the rightful king to save his people. That he's the creator recreating and restoring what sin has corrupted. What a glorious thought. Something worth pondering in this Christmas season. He's also telling Joseph that he'd be no ordinary father. This was not his flesh and blood but he would be Given the stewardship of raising the son of God. I think it's interesting to note that he gave Joseph the task of naming the baby Jesus, reminding him of of his sober responsibility. You see, in the scriptures, the responsibility, the authority to name is the, signifies a stewardship. Joseph would essentially adopt Jesus. And yet, just like Adam, whom God had tasked with naming the animals, Joseph would be assigned a leadership role in naming the future son of God. Joseph, son of Adam, would steward this baby who would fulfill what the first Adam could not fulfill. What a great thing. The other thing I think we should notice about Joseph that is very commendable is that the angel appealed to Joseph based on scripture. He, the angel tells Joseph, this is in a fulfillment of scripture. Again, Matthew says that Joseph was righteous before all this happened. The angel appeals to him on the basis of scripture. This tells us that Joseph was steeped in the scriptures. He would know what the angel's talking about. He was ready for what God had for him. Um, This is how the Bible appeals to followers of Jesus today. Know who you are as a Christian and know what the Bible says. Joseph was a Bible man. He was a student of the word. And therefore he could understand and hear what the angel was saying. And then I just love this commitment. Listen to the words of Matthew one twenty four. What was Joseph's response? Did he say, I didn't ask for this. This is not what my life is supposed to be about. I had plans. I had dreams. Matthew 124, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him immediate obedience to a difficult mission. Let's contrast this response to the prophet Jonah, who was also called to a difficult mission. Jonah didn't wake up and immediately go to Nineveh. Instead, he tried to find a way around God's mission. I love what the commentator, the scholar Craig Keener says. He says, Joseph's obedience to God cost him the right to value his own reputation. Many Christians today, probably much older than Joseph and claiming the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives have yet to learn this lesson. We also see Joseph's a man of few words. He didn't write any books. He didn't have a master's degree. He was not that profound, but what he did have was a heart full of scripture and a committed way to the Lord. He was obedient. And this is really what it means to follow God. You know, we don't even really know much about Joseph at all, but we know he was a man of simple faithfulness. He did the next right thing in front of him. And so much of following God is asking, what is the next right move? And let's let's see what Joseph is signing up for. This was not an easy assignment, and marrying Mary, he would be subject to endless scrutiny. If you think Joseph reacted strangely to hearing about Mary being, having a baby, being pregnant by the Holy Ghost, then how do you think their friends in their community would react? How do you think the people around them would react? Now, what Joseph was signing up for was, for the rest of his life, a misunderstood reputation. Friends and family doubting his story, shaming him, ostracizing him. He was signing up for care and stewardship of the son of God. It's a lot of weight on his shoulders. You know, the friends and family around them didn't have the benefit of an angelic visit. Gabriel didn't knock on their doorstep. So would they believe? I don't know. They'd either have to take his word or they'd reject him. You see, in listening to the voice of God, Joseph was giving up his reputation. Um, I like what Tim Keller writes. He gives us some insight on the significance of Joseph marrying his pregnant wife in the society. Everybody in that shame and honor society will know that this child was not born nine or 10 months after they got married. They will know she was already pregnant. That would mean either Joseph and Mary had sex before marriage or she was unfaithful to him. And as a result, they're going to be shamed, socially excluded and rejected. They're going to be second class citizens forever. Second class citizens forever. That's what he was signing up for. And yet he said yes to God. But here's one thing I want you to see as we close out this podcast on Joseph Joseph would be a pariah among his own people. This is a significant decision to get up and follow God. He would bear the shame for sins or perceived sins he didn't commit. And yet it only foreshadows the shame that this baby in Mary's stomach would one day bear on behalf of Joseph and Mary and all who knew Jesus. You see, Joseph bore the shame and the stigma of this moment so that the baby could bear the shame and the stigma of Joseph and Mary's sin and for the sins of the world. This is why Jesus would later sweat drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus would literally become sin for his people, so much so that the father who cannot abide sin, turn his face away from his own son. He was to quote Isaiah, despised and rejected of men. Philip bliss describes Jesus' shame in going to the cross, bearing shame and scoffing rude in my place, condemned. He stood sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah what a savior you see Joseph could bear the shame in answering God's call. And we can bear the shame that sometimes comes with being a Christian because Jesus bore our shame. We can live as outcasts. If we are called to do that in a world dominated by sin and the devil, because Jesus was the ultimate outcast. Joseph would also lose comfort and safety. Um, He also chose not to be intimate with Mary until Jesus was born. Not because he was told to, but because this was to put them above reproach. Because he asked himself continually, what is the best thing to do? And of course we know that once Herod heard of the birth of Jesus and sought to kill him, uh, Joseph was commanded by God in another visit from an angel to take his infant and wife Mary and leave Bethlehem. So, first they had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem because of the census, an arduous journey, cost money. Then, once the baby was born, they had to leave and go to Egypt and flee as refugees. They were refugees in a country not their own to flee persecution and terror. Um, but he immediately obeyed the voice of God and went to Egypt. And it's interesting, in this journey to Egypt, do we again see echoes of the Old Testament where Another Joseph was summoned to a hard life in Egypt in order to save the people of God and of Abraham and Sarah's journey to Egypt for food in the midst of famine. Uh, This is why Hosea references this history when he says of God's care for people or for Israel out of Egypt, I have called my son. So there's a lot of themes and threads that run through scripture about God's people going to Egypt and then coming out of Egypt but all of this speaks to Joseph's faithfulness and character he put the interests of his family above his own comfort Uh, the transient nature of their life moving around had to be hard and difficult hard on their finances hard to get a foothold in his career but he put all of it above he put the interests of Mary and Jesus and what God was calling him to do above that he was a faithful man we don't know what happens to Joseph we don't read much about him after Jesus' early life. A lot of people feel that he might have died young as men did in those days because we don't see him at the foot of the cross. Uh, when Jesus is on the cross, he asked John to take care of his mother. So obviously she seems like she's a widow. But Joseph is like a lot of people who have an unheralded life, are not famous, don't have a huge following or platform, who just followed God by simple faith and obedience and then are taken home. This is really what the kingdom of God is made up of. Ordinary people like Joseph who serve an extraordinary God through faithful obedience. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of The Characters of Christmas and this look at the life of Joseph. This is Dan Darling. Thank you.
0: The Characters of Christmas podcast is a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This Christmas season, we hope you'll also check out Dan's book, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. It's available for Moody Publishers on Amazon.com or wherever you buy your books. You can find more from Dan and all his latest books and podcasts by visiting his website, danieldarling.com. If you liked what you just listened to, would you take a second and tell your friends about us? And maybe also leave us a rating on your favorite podcast app. This podcast is produced by Kelly Givens and Stephen Sanders, with editorial oversight provided by me, Stephen McGarvey. To find more great Christian podcasts like this, check out the rest of our shows at LifeAudio.com. Hey there, it's Carly Mercurier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at LifeAudio.com.